Hey, good morning. Welcome to One Church. How are you guys doing today? I always love 9 o'clock service because, you know, although you guys are here early and, you know, uh, you guys are kind of maybe the kind of the core, you know, part of One Church, you guys never disappoint me with, like, the woos. Um, now I get really, like, 11 o'clock, I'm like, okay, you guys have had plenty of time to be awake. Of course, you know, they're probably new parents. Um, and as I myself know, because I've been a parent for about two months, uh, I'm a little tired, even at 11 o'clock. You kind of just get used to a whole new, you know, like, constant state of sleepiness. Uh, it's just the weirdest thing. Uh, no, I am so excited to be here. Uh, if you don't know who I am, that means you were not here last week. And uh, and something that we do here at One Church, we, we don't want people to actually miss a message. Uh, so we actually stream and record every message uh, that we do on Sunday mornings. And so if you missed last week, this whole series is going to build upon itself. And so I'm going to ask that whenever you go home, uh, you actually visit onechurch.tv. Uh, kind of click through some of the menus and and watch last week's message. Uh, if, if you do a Bible study or maybe you're in a small group, that kind of thing, we actually even make small group questions that we put on that website. Uh, you don't even have to tell your friends that, you know, like where you found the questions. Maybe they'll think you made them up yourself. Um, we, we want this to, to not just be, you know, let's come and hear somebody talk once a week. We want this to be something that you go home, you chew over, you, you kind of digest and, and, you know, actually start conversations about. So, really excited. Uh, We are in week two of Follow, just as Chris said. Um, This is a series that I've been looking forward to for a few years, Um, and and so I'm just so excited that I get to be uh, one of the ones who teaches it. So uh, week two, well actually let's just kind of recap for a second. Last week uh, we started this series, and basically uh, we are looking at the fact that, um, that anybody can answer the invitation to follow Jesus. That in fact, uh, we, we looked at the fact, and our, our uh, big idea last week was that Jesus calls unbelievers and misbehaviors to follow him. That it was the, the people who followed Jesus were people who did not believe he was who he was, and they were sinners. In fact, we said that sinning does not disqualify you, it's a prerequisite to be a follower of Jesus. And, uh, and uh, something else we talked about was that we are going to just, you know, just erase everything that we thought we knew about religion, everything we thought about, uh, we knew about Christianity. Just get rid of that, whether we're, uh, we've been a Christ follower our whole lives, whether we've, you know, just started back to church, whether you're here and you're like, hey, I'm actually an atheist and I don't really believe this friend brought me kicking and screaming, or maybe you're dating a girl who you're just trying to impress, who so you decided to go to church. I don't know what your reasons are for being here, but... We're just going to erase everything we thought we knew. And we're going to start over, and we're not going to have a 10,000-word definition or a 100,000-word definition, but we're just going to get to one simple word, and that is follow. And that Jesus opened the invitation to all sorts of people to follow, and that, that invitation is, isn't an invitation into discipline. It's not an invitation into following rules or the Ten Commandments. It's an invitation to a relationship a relationship with him to be a part of his posse, be a part of his group. And so I'm so excited for today because we're actually going to answer one of the questions that I'm sure uh, most of you guys like have been losing sleep over, and, and, and that is, what do Jesus' followers wear? You know, like, like what is the follow wear? What, you know, you got swim wear or summer wear, you know, fall wear. What is the follow wear? And so uh, today we're going to be looking at that, and, and what's interesting is, is, you know, you can typically tell who somebody follows by, by some of what they wear. And I'm actually, we're going to have a little quiz here. I'm going to pull up some pictures, and we're going to see who they follow. So let's get the first one. Anybody? 
There you go, volunteers, that's right. UT, okay, so these guys obviously follow UT. How about these guys? UK, that's right. My dad doesn't disappoint. Uh, obviously, we're in Tennessee. I, I was born in Kentucky, but I live in Tennessee, so I, I, I'm, I've got a mixed love here. All right, next. Anybody? Titans, there you go, tighten up. All right. Uh, now, now, it's not just sports teams, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm a really big nerd, so uh, how about these guys? Star Wars, but who are they following? The Empire, there you go. How about next? These guys? Who? Oh, come on. There has to be some Star Wars fans out there. The Rebels, there we go. I, I say that they're just dorks, actually, myself. But All right, uh, one more. Well, actually, let's hang out there for a second. Um, so it's, it's, it's obviously we've got sports, we've got, you know, nerdisms, but really even in religious organizations, we can see who they follow by, by what they're wearing. So let's actually move forward. Do what? Anybody? No? Buddhism. I heard it over here. Okay. So they're followers of, of Buddha. Um, how about the next one? How about these guys? They're Jewish. There we go. So you can look at people, and based on what they're wearing, you can typically see who they follow. And so, so it brings us to the all-important question, what should Christians wear? How is it that we should tell the world, or what is it that we should put on to tell the world that, that, that you know, we are followers of Jesus? And, and actually, I just want to take out Christians altogether and say, what should followers of Jesus wear? And so, so really, you know, maybe is it this, this next picture here? Maybe, you know, uh, I've seen people kind of like that. Or maybe this is actually the other far end of the spectrum. Is it this? Is it, do we wear signs that says God hates you? I don't know. I look at this and I think, man, you know, like, you know, I don't know, like, I just really want to go be a part of them, right? Like, you know, like, they're very welcoming, obviously. No, but seriously, who, what, do, what do Jesus followers wear? What, what, do, we, what do we put on? And, and see, what we're going to discover is that there's actually a part in the Bible, in the New Testament, actually, uh, the Apostle Paul tells us what we should wear. He writes a, a letter, and, and, and it explains what we should wake up and what we should clothe ourselves with. Now, now, this should be a little scary because this was before there were buckles or buttons or anything of that sort. This was, you know, 2,000 years ago. Tells us what we should wear. And, and, uh, and if you're not familiar exactly with who Paul was, so you, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'll just kind of give you a basis of what the New Testament is. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those are the four accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, something I kind of challenged all of us to do last week was to start reading one of those accounts, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You can find those towards the end of the Bible. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we actually give them away for free, uh, or you can actually download the Version app on your phone. Um, and so uh, after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have the book of Acts, which is uh, essentially, that's A-C-T-S, that's uh, uh, basically what happened after Jesus ascended, after Jesus left the, the planet Earth. And so it, it shows the, the beginnings of the, of the early church and how it expanded and how it grew. And, and what we come to find is we, we, we get introduced to this guy named Paul, who at one point in time, his name was Saul. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, actually. And, and so uh, Saul, he, he actually hated Christians. And if you're here this morning, you're like, yeah, you know, I just really hate Christians. Like, 
you're going to love this guy. Like, like this guy loathed Christians. In fact, he, he actually spent most of his life, he was actually like a Christian hunter. He, he tracked around to these different places, and he would track down Christians, and he would arrest them. And so maybe, you know, you're here, and you're like, you know, I think Christians should go to jail. You know, you, would, you, you should definitely read the, the writings of this guy. This guy hated Christians, and, and that's up until he became one. And that's a whole other story for another time, but, but what's interesting is, is he, he, he goes around, after he, he finally becomes a Christian, or becomes a follower of Jesus, he actually starts traveling all around. He hops in a boat that none of us would probably ever actually get in, and he travels all around the Mediterranean Sea, and, and, and he just starts planting. He goes to this town, and he would go into the synagogue, and, uh, which was the Jewish uh, uh, like church thing, and, and so he would get in there, and, and he would tell people about what this Jesus man did. And, 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 of course, you know, they would get mad and they'd throw him out. But then later that night, eight or nine of the, of the Jewish men and women would, would come to Paul and say, hey, I, I want to learn more about this. Like, what you said actually was really interesting. And he would go around and he would tell people to follow. And so, so uh, Paul, uh, he, he would set up a church in that place, you know, with those eight or nine people. And those people would start spreading the word. And, and then Paul would get in a ship and he traveled to the next place. And he did this um, uh, for multiple years. And uh, what's interesting about Paul is he actually never met Jesus himself. Um, he, he was an, a follower of Jesus while Jesus was here on the planet. And so everything Paul knows about Jesus, he learned um, from uh, the, these, these uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, he, he learned from the people who spent time with Jesus. He, he was a follower of Jesus' followers, I guess you could say. And, and so he'd travel around, and then as he would go, he would decide, you know what, I'm going to try to coach a little bit, and he would send encouragements, and he would send letters. And, and honestly, he actually wrote 60% of the New Testament. Because the letters that he wrote, we still have today, that they were still preserved. And, and so he'd write a letter, and it would kind of give encouragement or, or some, some, you know, some ideas. Or he would make things just incredibly practical for these new followers. Incredibly simple. And, and so, so we, uh, we, we, we have quite a few of his letters here today. And, and so um, what's interesting is... Uh, you know, basically, like, how he got this information. And so, like, I'm going to start with, with, uh, with something that Jesus said towards the end of his life, and, and, and primarily what Paul would write about was, was this one thing, this, this primary teaching, almost like these last words that Jesus kind of gave out to his, his followers before he left. And, 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 and basically, you know, what's interesting is Jesus is leaving, and, of course, he's saying, hey, you know, I'm, I, I'm about to go somewhere. I'm about to leave, and, and where I'm going, you can't follow. And, and so in other words, hey, this is one of the last things that I'm going to be able to say to you, and I want you to listen to me. This, this is something that's very important. This is something that I want you to pay attention because this is, this is you know, like I've taught you a lot, and, and I've kind of reduced it to a couple of, you know, very important things. Well, this is the most important thing. In fact, it, it goes on to say that, that, you know, this is like the one thing that whenever people see you, I want them to see this, and this is how they know that you belong to me. And, and so, so, you know, Jesus, he, of course, he, he says, you know, hey, I, I'm leaving, and, and where I'm going, you're not going to be able to follow. And, and, uh, and, and so that brings us to John 13.34. So it says, a new command I give you. Now, um, now again, this is, you know, we, we, we've heard this before. Like, you know, Jesus says a new command a lot throughout the thing, but this is, you know, this is something new, supposedly, but really it isn't. You guys have all heard this. A new command I give you to love one another. Now, again, you guys are thinking, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
love, you know, come on, Dave, I, I've heard this. You've, you've even talked about this before. Uh, you know, a new command I give you to love, but, but then he ups it. So we've heard to, to love, but then he actually gives us a how we are to love. A new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. And, and Jesus did this a lot. He talked about one anothering one another. He said that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, we wear to one another, one another, as I have one anothered, one anothered. And, and I know that's really weird and complicated, but some of you with a mind like mine just got that. So, um, so we are to love one another as I have loved you. In other words, we, we learned about this last week. Hey, Matthew, Matthew, hey, hey. You know, Ma- Matthew, last week, uh, you know, we talked about how, how Jesus called Matthew. And Matthew, you remember that time that, that we were coming up and you were at your tax collector's booth? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Remember how Peter, you know, he wanted to spit on you? And, and, but, but before he could, I walked up and I said, Hey, Matthew, just as you are right now, Matthew, hey, without changing anything about yourself, hey, Matthew, as while you're still sitting in your tax collector, Matthew, I want you to follow me. Or, or Nathaniel, Nathaniel, hey, hey, Nathaniel, over there. Uh, remember, do you, do you remember what the first thing you said about me was? Yeah, 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 I remember that. That was, and, and well, let me just, let me just tell you the first thing you said about me was. You said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? In other words, the town that I was from, can anything good come out of that town? Nathaniel, you, you dissed me? You diss my parents, you diss my family, you diss my entire people that I grew up with. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah, yeah I remember saying that. And how did I respond? I responded, Nathaniel, follow me. You see, we read this, and what I love is Peter's response to this. Peter's response is, but hey, hey, Jesus, but where are you going? Like, Jesus just gave the most important thing he's ever going to say. And Peter's response, you know, remember that you know, about 10 minutes ago, Jesus, you said, hey, I'm going to go somewhere, and you know, where I'm going, you can't follow. And, and, and yeah, but wh- where are you going? Like Peter, and, and, they, they never, and they never respond to this. They just simply, they're completely lost. And I love this because, come on, let's be real for a second. You and I are like this. We go to church, we hear a message about, oh, yeah, I love each other. And then you're thinking, you know, you know but, but, you know, but, but Dave, you know, my, my wife, she, she can kind of be a little, or, or you, know, you know, Dave, I, I got this guy that just drives me crazy that I work with. And, and I was just thinking, you know, can, can I get a job at the church? Like, can, can I just, just skip that? We, we, we forget what it is that, that, that Jesus actually said, and we get so focused on the, but where are you going? You know, this, uh, I think Jesus is saying this, and he's saying it when he's saying it, because he's wanting to make sure he guarantees that this isn't just a religious line. This isn't something to blend into some worship song. This is, this is, this is me telling you something incredibly important. What I love is he actually finishes the statement with, and in this, others will know that you are mine. In this, others will know that you are mine. In other words, this isn't just something that I want you to hear and then go about your day. This isn't just another checkbox. This is, this is what I want people to know 
about me. I want people to look at you and say, oh, you know, he just just really loved in a way that I can never imagine. He, he just, he loved me almost the way that Jesus loved me. And he says this because, you know, in, in any religious organization, in any religious, uh, uh, you know, system, the gravitational pull is away from this and it's towards, like, rules. It's always away from, 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 uh, from something that, that, that Jesus is talking about, the loving one another, and it's always towards uh, traditions or, or rituals. That in all religion, the gravitational pull is away from teaching people or treating people well and towards some kind of routine ritual or, or the way I said it here is, you know, the, 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 this here is great because it says the gravitational pull is religion always towards rule-keeping rather than relationship-building. All religions, and, and I'll t- you know, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna skip all other religions. I'm just gonna talk about Christians for a little bit because, you know, we're in the room, and, and that's who I'm gonna talk about. The gravitational pull of Christianity itself. Let's just forget everything else. Will always be towards rule, rule keeping, and away from relationship building. It's, it's always towards, you know, well, I, I, I never do this, and I always do this, and I always apologize for this, and, and I did this that one time, and I felt bad, and, and, and so I did it again, and then I felt really bad about it, and so I decided I'm just going to keep doing it and feeling bad about it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask God to forgive me, and, you know, and, and so this is great because it makes things right with me and God, and I can do whatever I want, and, and I'm okay with God, and, and God's okay with me, but I can hate you. I can do my, my little list, I can check off all the boxes, and I can do these things, and, 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 and it just it makes my little system, makes me feel good about myself because I'm great and, and, and I can do anything, but I don't have to love you. It's always towards, you know, some form of tradition, and, and don't get me wrong, traditions can be good. It could be towards, you know, rule-keeping, and, and, you know, and I'll be honest again, rule-keeping rule can be good. It pulls you towards, towards rituals, and, and again, I don't see anything wrong with rituals, but the problem is, is, is I don't think Jesus wanted us to get so focused on these things, which is why he, he waited, and, and he said, hey, this is the most important thing. This is the way I want to mark you. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. And, and I'll, you know, I'll be honest again. We, we, we gravitate towards that because it's so easy. It's so easy to just check off your box. It's so easy to, to have your list of I always do or I always don't. I don't, I do, I do, I don't. It's so much easier to do that than it is to love somebody, especially if they're hard to love. But I don't think that Jesus would be very fond of, of, of his followers mistreating those that he died for. The communication that we always send out as, as Christians, as, our, as followers, is, is, you know what, I, I'm good, but you're not, and it's okay because I'm good. I can do this, and, and, but it's okay because, you know, I, I'm, you're not welcome because, you know, we're good, we're good, we're, we're, we're always good, we're professional good people. It goes back to what I talked about last week in, in the sense that it's a list of Jesus says, Jesus says jump, Jesus says you know, skip. Jesus says, read your Bible. Jesus says, go to church. 
I just don't think that Jesus is incredibly fond of that. I don't think he wants us mistreating the ones that he loves. And so Jesus takes a step back and says, now I'm just going to make this really clear. I'm, I'm not going to flourish it. I'm going to make it as simple as possible. You can't deny this. Love one another as I have loved you. And so Paul, 20 years later, not 120 years later, maybe your English teacher told you that, but you know, you know it's just oral tradition and every, nobody wrote it down until 300 years later and it's all messed up and it's not real. And it, No, 20 years later, Paul is, is, is traveling around and, 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 and he wants to, to make this, you know, not just as easy as possible, he actually wants to break it down for, for Gentiles, because for, he's starting churches in places where, where it's primarily non-Jewish. And so you and I, most of, most of us in this room, would, would be in that group, that you had Jewish people or non-Jewish. And so, so he's setting up churches in places that are primarily non-Jewish. And, and so he wants to make this, this letter, you know, explain. And, and Jesus comes back to this teaching primarily over and over and over again. The love one another as I have loved you. He comes back to that over and over and over again. And so, so he's writing this letter to, to Colossae and you know, after he's gone around and he set up all these churches and he's he's done all these things and uh, and and he's noticed that that you know they they've started to become you know like church people, like you know like like they you know people come to church and they're like oh yeah this is great and you know and, and things start to get well and and now they're becoming like you know like church people and maybe you're here and you haven't been here in a while you haven't been to church in a while because you've probably met some of us and and you're, you're just like you know I no I'm, I'm out and. I, I, I just can't deal with this. And so Paul, he's writing to these people. To, he's trying to make sure that these people don't become church people. And if you're hearing that offends you, I'm sorry. But, but we should always strive to just simply follow, not fit into a mold. And so, so, so Paul takes the idea of loving each other, and, and, and he, he, he uses a bunch of words, and, and he just breaks it down piece by piece and makes it very specific, and, and he even breaks into this beautiful imagery of something that we should wear. And so that, that brings us to this letter in, in uh, Colossians. It's, it's a letter to um, Colossae. It's a, it's a city about 100 miles uh, from Ephesus. Not a big deal to us today. It probably was back then. And so, um, so that brings us to Colossians 3.12. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, now this basically means he's writing to Christians. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Now, now there it is. Clothe yourself. I want to tell you what to wear. I want to tell you how to clothe yourself. I, I, I just, you know, uh, not, not Christian t-shirts, not, you know, uh, John 3.16 bumper stickers, not, you know, um, wearing your favorite football jersey. I can't think of the guy's name now. He's not a big deal anymore. Um, he's saying, I want to tell you, I want to help you, I want to f- help you figure out what it is you should wake up and you should clothe yourself in. And I love this. He says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and, and patience. Let's, let's keep that, actually. He says, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. He said that 
It's not an article of clothing. It's, it's a mentality. It's something that we should wake up and we should, we should wear. And, and, you know, and I just kind of want to break some of this down for you. Like, the word compassion, it's actually two different words. It's two different Greek words uh, that, that, that would put together to make this feel. Have, have you guys ever said, you know, like, I love you with all my heart? Anybody? Is that a, is that a country song, I love you with all my heart? Um, I don't listen to country. So, compassion, I love you with all my heart. That's a common phrase that we use. Well, in, in this society, in first century, uh, you know, Middle Eastern society, it wasn't, I love you with all my heart. It was, it was more of, I love you with all my bowels. Now, it, it's a little gross, I get it, but, but this is important because this is the imagery that I want us to take away. Have you ever seen somebody hurting and you just feel it? It's like all of a sudden everything in, in your, your stomach area is just twisted in knots and you just can't, you can't help but just feel that deep down in your bowels. You know, like I, 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 I tell, you know, I'm constantly going back and forth on whether I should do this with my daughter is, you know, should I tell her I love her with all my heart? Should I think about just starting to tell her, hey, I, I love you with all my bowels. I do. It might, it might go over well, we'll see. She might just be really weird. Um, no, he, he says compassion. The, 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 I want to clothe yourself with, with a sense of compassion. It's not, it's not just an idea. It's not just a word. It's a sense. It's that feeling. And this is why it's so important because what, what compassion is basically saying is I want you to feel what other people are going through. I want you to wake up every day and decide, I'm going to look and I'm going to feel, I'm going to sense, I'm going to experience what other people are going through. I'm not going to stand from a distance and watch and just stare at them and say, what are you doing in that ditch? No, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to experience what they're feeling. He doesn't stop with compassion. He goes on to kindness and and kindness is, is when you loan somebody your strength. Kindness is when you loan somebody your strength. That, that whenever you see somebody in need, and you have a, a specific talent, or you have a certain ability, or, or you have you know, whatever it is that they are lacking, and you loan it to them. It's, 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 it's that moment whenever someone, you know, just does that really awesome thing and you just can't help but think, man, they are just so kind. I never would have gotten this project done if, 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 if it wasn't for them. They are just so kind. I never would have gotten moved into my new house if, if, if they just weren't so kind. And that, you know, Jesus, or what Paul is saying is that we should wake up again. We should, we should feel what others are feeling and we should loan what we can. Humility. Now again, you know, you guys have heard humility. You guys have, you know, if you've been anywhere around the Christian world, you know, humility is a big thing. Um, a big phrase of mine and my friend Luther's that we like to say is it's my humility that makes me better than everybody else. Um, some of you guys get it. Get a dictionary. <laughs> there you go. No, humility, it's, it's this, this we, we feel this idea of humility, and, and, and honestly, whenever we start to think, man, I'm so humble, it's, 
you can't even say that and be humble. Like, you can't, you can't brag about your humility. Like, that just doesn't work. Um, and so this humility, and, and what I love is, 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 is humility is, uh, is seeing myself as I really am in relationship to other people and in God. To viewing myself accurately, it's viewing yourself uh, as, as you are in a relationship to other people and to God. In other words, that, that in the end, there is nothing special about any of us. That the only thing that, 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 that really matters to, be, to really you know, show humility is that we are all simply citizens of humanity. In that, in, in, in our view of, of our relationship to others and our relationship to God, we are all on the same page. It's, it's, it's not whether or not I make more money. It's not whether or not they make more money. It's not whether they have better talents or I have better talents. It, it is simply looking at, at the fact that we are all the same, that it's not my talent, it's not my money that makes me special. What makes me special is that I am dearly loved by my God. Here's the funny thing. Everybody on this planet is dearly loved by our God. It's not being, you know, the captain of the team. It's, it's I'm loved. It's I can't do it on my own. It's I can't, so he did. It's humble. Gentleness. Gentleness is the decision to respond to you in light of your strength and weakness instead of responding to you out of my strength. Gentleness is, is the difference between picking up a contact lens with the end of your finger and a baseball with the palm of your hand. Gentleness is saying, okay, this can only take so much, so I'm going to respond in that rather than in this. It's, it's in spite of my strength, I'm going to respond in your strength and in your weakness. I love gentleness because, um, you know, it, it's what gentleness, like, really, you know, communicates. It's my relationship with you is more important than you being impressed by me. It's gentleness. My relationship with you is so much more important than you being impressed by me. I'm going to reply in spite of my strength. I'm going to reply in accordance to your strength and your weakness. And finally, we get to patience, and we've all been patiently waiting for me to get there. It's a joke. It's a decision. I love this. Um, patience isn't just something that we do. It's, it's a decision that we make. And the decision is deciding to go the speed of another person. In spite of how fast I can do something, I'm going to go their speed. In spite of how awesome I am, I'm going to be... Well, they're awesome too, but, you know, that's a bad illustration. <laughs> it's deciding to say, I'm going to hold up, and I'm going to go this pace. It's every morning, wake up and clothe yourself with compassion. It's not jumping into, well, you should have done this or you should have done that. It's, it's I'm going to feel what you're feeling right now. It's kindness. It's, 
It's, it's the, I'm going to loan you what I have. It's, it's the, I'm going to make up the difference because you need this. It's humility. It's, it's realizing that, that simply we are all in this together. It's gentleness, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's in spite of my strength, I'm going to approach you with your strength. And patience, we're going we're gonna to move at the slowest speed, the speed of the slowest person. We're all going to move together. I love this. He continues on with, with bear with each other, which is 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. See, he brings it back to Jesus' original statement. This is another one another, one another, as I have one another to you. It is forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. It is, it is not forgive in accordance to what they deserve. It's not forgive in accordance to, to how they acted. It's forgive in accordance to how I was forgiven. It's, it's, it's how patient was God with me. It's how kind was God to me. It's, it's how compassionate was God with me. How gentle was he with me. I'm going to do that for you, one another, one another, as he has one another to us. And then uh, he goes on to say that, that overline, the, 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 the overline theme of this and, and what covers all of this, he says, I want you to forgive and then he says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love is like an overcoat. You know, it's the, it's the I've got on my, you know, pants of compassion, my shirt of gentleness. I don't know, this is probably going bad. You know, got on my socks of kindness, you know, because my feet don't stink, so they're kind. Um, but then once you have all that, and, and I've, I've forgiven each other, I'm then going to put on my overcoat, I'm going to put everything inside of it of love. You know, remember all the times that you said, I will never, God, I will never again, and, and, he, and he still forgave you. It's, it's, the, it's the, God, I, I, you know, I, I, I promise I'm never going to do this, and, and you wake up, and, and he's still there, just loving you. It's not how, how much do they deserve. It's not how much are humans normally able to do this. It's, no, it's something far better than that. It is forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. It's love because you're loved. It's be compassionate because someone was compassionate to you. It's be kind because someone was kind to you. You know, I, I read this and I think for a moment that, you know, well, and I'm just going to be honest, like, okay, if we do all these things, how am I ever going to get anything done? Like some of you in here are probably type A people, you know, you don't take no for an answer, you've got your list, you've got to get this done, and whenever you don't get it done, you don't sleep at night, and, and you're just mad and you're angry, and if anybody, you know, drives slower than the speed limit in front of you, you're just, well, that's actually me, I'm just really bad at that. Um, and, and so you, you just, you get so aggravated because you're a type A person, you're thinking through this, and I know you've been thinking through this, how... Am I ever going to get anything accomplished? Let's just actually pull up the next slide real fast, I believe. There we go. So this is all follow where. We'll just put it all in a category so we can really see everything, except for forgot kindness. Um, so compassion, humility, gentleness, patience, kindness, forgiveness, and love. All right, so let's just, 
think for a moment. How, how am I ever going to get anything accomplished? Like, I'm just, maybe if, if I just quit my job and I, you know, sat at home and did absolutely nothing, I could then, you know, do all of these things and I could wear all these things every day. And, and, and I, I, I have a little, little thing about this because the person who's saying this is somebody who did more in just a few years than any of us will ever do in our lifetime. Nobody, and I'm sorry to tell you this, nobody 2,000 years from now is going to be talking about Dave Thompson or anybody else in this room. We are never going to accomplish anything near as much as this man accomplished. And he's telling us that we should wake up and we should wear compassion, humility, gentleness, kindness, patience, forgiveness, and love. And he did this. And what I love about this is he, he, he didn't achieve all of this simply by just saying it. He didn't achieve all this by just saying, hey, you guys should do this. Now, I'm going to tell you this, and then you guys go about your day. No, he did this. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the, the, you know what, maybe I won't get my list done. It, you know, and what I love about this, especially, if I'm, and I'm just going to specifically talk to type A people again. You guys typically, you know, from, from, you know, and you guys were made this way, and I'm not saying anything against you, or, or I have a little bit of it in me, but not nearly as much. But type A people, God made you that way. But can you imagine, now your, your every tendency in you is to be as far away from this as possible. It's the, you should have done this better rather than being compassionate. It's, I'm the head of the, the, the team, so, you know, look at me. It's, it's, you know what, I can do this just fine, so why can't you? This is my strength, look at me. It's, get it done faster. It's, it's you know what, it's not forgivable. And love, you know, that can just wait until tomorrow. Can you imagine if the world sees somebody who is typically as far away from that as possible... If you showed up to work on Monday morning and you said, you know what, I'm going to feel what you're feeling. I'm, I'm going to make sure that you know that you, in accordance to relationship with us and relationship with God, you are on the same page as I am. It's, it's, it's you know what, I'm, in spite of how amazing I am, I'm going to approach things in your perspective. It's, it's, you know what, even though you're taking longer than I would love, I'm still going to go at your pace. People who, who are typically so far away from this just see this transformation. Can you imagine what people would be saying about you? Why did this happen? Where did this change come from? Well, it happened because we decided to follow. Now, this problem with sermons like this is this is probably exactly what you expected to hear. You know, you came to church today expecting to hear a sermon about compassion and kindness. It's more religious whenever you whisper it. You came expecting to hear, to hear these words from me. You, you came expecting to walk out thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I came, I heard a message, I'm going to go home. And, and, but I don't want it to just stay that way. See, like, if I just leave it as this list, you guys are going to forget this. No, I want, I want us to actually go out and live this out. And so I made up a way for us to remember this, and, and it's lame. In fact, everybody say, that's lame. Come on, that's lame. Okay, thank you. It's, it's really lame. Okay, so has anybody ever seen 
a chick flick that's PG? Don't raise your hand, um, especially if you're a dude. Has anybody, okay, so think about chick flick, PG. So, so again, that's lame. Say it. That's lame. Okay. Chick flick, PG. That's lame, yeah. Okay, if you guys can think of a better one, please do. Uh, don't tell me about it. Remember, be gentle. Um, just to make it work, I had to give you a double dose of kindness. You guys might need that. Um, chick flick PG. It's uh, <laughs> the reason I, I bring this up because everything that I've told you today, it it sounds like yeah, that's what we should hear at church, but it's not natural. The constant tendency, the constant gravitational pull, as I mentioned earlier, in any religion, especially Christianity, will always be towards rule-keeping and away from relationship building. It is 100% not natural. In fact, if it was natural, Jesus would have hopped up and said, you know, hey, uh, this isn't a new commandment. This isn't new to you. I want you to love each other the way I've loved you, which you're going to do because it's completely natural, and you guys are going to do that because you're human beings and you're awesome. You guys do great things. No, he said, this is new. This is a new commandment I give you. I want you to love as I have loved you. Not as you deserve to be loved. I want you to love as I have loved you. And, and again, that's just completely not natural. Now, now in the end, um, what's, what's the other option? What other options do we have? Can we get... I have another picture that I want to show. It's a picture of the two Christians. I mean, is this the option we have? Is this what we should be telling the world? Come be weird like me. God hates you. I don't think that was ever the intention, which really brings me to my big idea real fast. And we're going to come back to this picture. My big idea is we're not called to prove a point. We're called to be the difference. Now I want to go back to the picture. This is proving a point. It's not being a difference. Jesus didn't just come to prove a point. He could have done that in 15 minutes. He could have showed up. He said, hey, do this, do that, do that, do this. You're wrong. You're sinners. You guys are going to hell. I'm out. No, he came and he died on a cross. He humbled himself to us. And what's funny is I talk about how we should look at humility as our relationship to each other and compared to our relationship with God. Jesus had every right to come down and say, you know what, I am God, I am above all of you, but he said, you know what, I'm going to die for you. I have never seen anybody argued into salvation on Facebook. No 140 character argument has ever gotten anybody to see who God is. I've never seen anybody feared into true salvation. Not life-changing salvation. But you know what? 
seen a whole lot of people loved into salvation. You know, and, and this isn't even in my notes, and I'm sorry about this, Chris. Um, I, I just have one last question, and then I'm going to close, and, and we're going to be done. What was it for you? And I'm just speaking to the Christians in here for a moment. What was it for you? Was it Jesus' perfection? The only man who ever lived that never broke any rule, who, who, who lived out a perfect life. Was it Jesus' perfection that drew you near him? Or was it his love? Being perfect, demonstrating that you're perfect, blasting out how perfect you are is never going to build relationships. But if we wake up and we decide to clothe ourselves in compassion, kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, humility, and cover it all up in love, we could change the world. Let's pray. God, thank you for being determined to not just come here and make a point. But deciding to come here and make a difference, not just making a difference, but being a difference. God, there are men and women and children in this room that may have never really experienced what real following you is all about. And God, I ask that, that those men and women in here are encouraged, they're welcomed and they're loved, and they feel nothing but this, this love that you gave us from us. God, you want to use us to change the world, and it starts with us waking up and clothing ourselves in compassion. It starts with us waking up and deciding, you know what, I'm going to feel what others are feeling. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm not going to jump to telling them that, that they should have worked harder, they should have, they should have done better. No, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel what others are feeling, just as you felt what I was feeling. God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lend to them, to others, what I have to lend. I'm going to fill in the gaps of other people. I'm going to take care of them with kindness. God, we're going to wake up and we're going to, to be gentle. We're going we're gonna to approach people not from our strength, but from their strength and their weaknesses. God, we're going we're gonna to be patient with them. And in the end, we're going to realize that no matter where we are in life, no matter how, how far advanced or how far behind, that ultimately in your eyes, God, we are all the same. And then we're going to forgive. Then we're going to wrap it all up with love. It's in your name we pray. Amen.